Cherry. Nice. Nice mustache. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. Goes three weeks ago. Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> not, not that Austin's wrong. I mean, the guy's an expert, so he would know, right? <laughs> exactly. He so definitely I, is. Who, who, am I, who am I to uh, critique the critic in that regard? No, I, that was that was a fun day, and you know, even Mar Marner commenting a few hours later, right? So <laughs> anyway, yeah. No, it was it was awesome to see that man because so often, you know, with training camp and things like that, guys can be in a little bit of a grump or not want to really talk or you know be too aloof. So to see that was cool. I mean. And well, Matthews, let's let's face it. Matthews, hell of a hockey player, good person, I think. But you don't, we don't, you know, especially in the past couple of years with with COVID, we we haven't had the interactions. And Matthews isn't the guy that you know you you see that side of very often. So for that to happen in that context was fine. I mean, it was uh, it was a, a nice funny moment, and uh, <laughs> you know, it was uh, it was cool. You know, it was, it was, it was, like I said, it was funny, and I, I found it interesting, but. Uh, yeah, and it was kind of weird for me because I did that all summer. So to me, it was too, but you take the mask off, and that's what happens. Well, that's it. well, the other thing we talked about this many, many times, right? The interaction and talking with the players—you haven't had that close quarters interaction so much. So now you get to have a little bit of fun and talking and good nature stuff, and get to talk and have stories again, like you used to. Well, right? you know what? Yeah, you know what, James? Like you'll hear people say, "Oh, why do they need to be in the room?" I meaning media. All those things you see on the camera are one part of it. I mean, we're talking, mm -hmm. you, you're shooting the breeze, you're having the conversations. You know, when Spezza first came here, it was about kids and that sort of thing. And well, I've known Jason since he was 15 anyway, so I, that's not a good example for me because that's, like I said, I've known him as long as I have. But, uh, you know, you just get to know the other side of them. And, and you have chats. You, have, you talk about things that will never make it to the internet or the paper on, on camera or anything. And uh, that's good, and we missed it. I'm glad it's back. I mean, we're still wearing masks in the room. That's fine, but you know we're 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 um, we're back in and we're going to be and uh, you know that, that's the way it should be. And I'm glad we're at that spot now. No, definitely. Well, speaking of being in the room, one guy that we want to talk about right off the hop here, um, it appears the time for Wayne Simmons in Toronto is done. Yeah. Um, the writing was kind of on the wall. We talked about this a few moments ago before we jumped on that. You know, he was sat a couple times last year. You know. They brought in guys like Abe Kubel, Zach Aston Reese, um, whoever you want to talk, Cali Yarncroke, uh, David Camp. All these guys can play bottom six roles. Pierre Ingvall has taken a step last year. Yep. So it appeared that he was beaten out. I like what the Maple Leafs did, though. They tried to do right by Wayne Simmons. And by still saying, hey, he's available. Yep. You yep. don't have to give us anything. We just want to get him a place to play. Um, I want to tip my cap to Wayne Simmons. So he came in at a time when this Maple Leaf team needed something like that. Yep. He did that pick me up. I remember the game against Montreal, uh, the first one I think it was, where he got fired up, got in that fight. He didn't even shout at Montreal's bench. He shouted at the Leafs bench. Basically waking them up. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know what? Excuse me. The um, and he, he, came, he came in and had a good camp. Like you said, James, mm -hmm. the Leafs were going in another direction. Yep. Uh, I think Simmons did some good things over the summer. He, he tried to get a little quicker off the hop. I always thought he's, he's 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 been good at that anyway. I mean, the energy has never been an issue for Wayne, and uh, the, the things he did in the preseason I thought were fine. Um, but you're right when you're you want to get a deeper club, the Leafs did, and um, you know those players are going to come in and take those spots and, and earn them. Aston Reese, good example, of course, the best example. But you know, like we say, Simmons started to get benched. I think maybe last November might have been the first time, and then yeah. more more toward the end of the season. 
So yeah, the 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 we could see that coming. Uh, it doesn't make it any easier for the player. A thousand and nineteen games and the things he's done in the playoffs and has never played the American Hockey League. So we'll see where this goes. Um, injuries can always play a role. Are there other players ahead of him now in that depth chart to get called up? Yes, uh, but you never know. Yeah, at least you're right. Can do right by him and, and find him another place, and they'll do that. Uh, Kyle Dubas has kind of had that history, and uh, with other people and. Um, you know, we hope it works out for the best, but uh, it's tough to see because I, I think that you know, in a guy like Simmons, uh, you know, potentially could follow the same path that Jason Spetcher and Richard Clune have, where you take yeah. that um, that role with the Leafs. You know, Simmons, uh, you know, knows everything as there is to know about the National Hockey League. He's been doing it for so long, knows a lot of people in the game, and I think would be good in that type of role. But um, you know, the player will probably say to you, "Hey, I still think I can play," and yeah. show that in the preseason. But again. You make the moves the Leafs do. They have people that are up and coming. Uh, this happens. And uh, Simmons won't be the, uh, the – he's certainly not the first guys and he won't be the last. But it doesn't – like I say, it doesn't make it any easier for the player. No, it doesn't. I mean, the way that Simmons played too, obviously a fan favorite. A lot of people love oh, yeah. what he brings to a team. So, obviously, that makes it much more difficult. But sometimes <laughs> when you're dealing in the business aspect of things, of growing your team and taking it in a different direction, the one you feel is the right one, you have to make difficult decisions. Yeah. Spezza was one of them. And now Simmons is the other. So yep. tip of the cap, Dwayne coming in and doing what he's done for the Leafs. Love him. Uh, wish and hope for the best for him this season in the NHL. But whatever role he gets, uh, I know he'll thrive in. So, But the yep. other guy I want to ask you about right out of the gate here is Nick Robertson. Yep. Obviously, cap casualty can be yep. sent down without waivers. We know that. Yep. But he did everything he possibly could to make this team. I thought he looked good on the back check. He was battling in front of the net, battling along the boards wasn't just getting stripped or knocked down off the puck. It looked like he took everything to heart this offseason and worked his tail off to get to where he needed to be. It just Dennis Malkin came back and had that spot. What do you see for Robertson? Is him being demoted just simply because of cap, yeah. or is Malkin actually ahead of him on the depth chart? It's cap thing, period. <clears throat> I don't think there's any doubt. Robertson, like you say, James, did everything he could in camp. Preseason, he shone. It wasn't just putting the puck in the net. It was doing the other things well. Yep. I think the thing now that the Maple Leafs are going to have to concern themselves with, and this isn't a knock on Robertson at all, but just make sure that there's no discouragement on the player's part. Look, there will be. Of course, there will yeah. be. I would imagine tonight and the next 24 hours won't be great for Nick Robertson. But, you know, once you get down to the, to the Marlies, there has to be that uh, um, assurance, if you will, that he's able to leave that behind and just go out and play. Can Robertson do that on his own? Probably, but I don't think you leave that to chance. I think you got to talk to the to the player. He's only 21, just turn. Yeah. You know, so I think he's going to help need that guidance, but there, there has to be major disappointment on his part because he. Uh, I wrote the other day, it, it, you know, leading into this, it's going to be a shame if this was what happens because yeah. it's, it's no comment at all on the player. Now, yeah. if you're Nick Robertson, you look at it and go, well, well you know, Dennis Malgan's had a nice camp, but he's no sure thing either. And this might not last overly long. And, you know, Malgan's coming back and trying to prove himself as well. So there are a lot of factors at play here. I think the bottom line that Nick Robertson has to remember is he, he's not going to be far off that next call-up. Injuries are going to happen. We yeah. And, you know, um, he'll be back. But, man, it's a real kick right now for him because he, he shone, he did everything right. And... This is the result because of the salary cap. 
No, and I want to hear that, you know, forthright from you because I, I thought that he did everything right. But I just want to make sure myself, my eyes, I wasn't missing something. No. Maybe it was an attitude. Maybe it was something, but it's not. I just, um, yeah, I think Dennis Malgan, and I said this in one of my videos too, yep. I really don't think the consistency to produce offense at the level he has been in the preseason will be there for him as a regular thing with the Maple Leafs through the regular season. I just don't think it will be. Will well, it hasn't been in the past. Has it been the past? No. So you're right. And now the, the, the question for me is, okay, so Malgan's going in Wednesday night. And assuming Tavares gets through practice on Tuesday and everything's good to go, you know, you're asking, you know, no matter the, the experience that John has, it'll take him a while to get up to speed here. So now you're asking Malgan, okay, you haven't played with this guy. You know, if you have, it's been sporadic and the games yeah. years or whatever it was, if at all, I can't, I can't remember. But so now you're, you know, you're not only saying, okay, the second line center, get up to speed, but also the guy in your one wing, you know, let's try to make this work as quickly as possible. And at the same time, you're looking at Tavares Nylander saying, okay, we know you guys had your ups and downs together last year. Let's try to find this chemistry. So th there's a there's a few moving parts that way on that line. Do I think yes. on paper it looked good? Yeah, it does. But you, now you need to go out and do it. It's going to take John a bit to get caught up here, I think. You know, I, I think we're okay to assume he'll play Wednesday. Uh, you know, it's certainly uh, going that direction. But uh yeah, it's a nice little challenge for Malgan um, because he has been around, and maybe this is the, uh, you know, the, the veteran, uh, whatever expertise or whatever you want to call it that he's had that could help make this adjustment a little more smooth for him. Maybe Robertson doesn't have that, so maybe there is a small advantage there for Malgan. But you know, he's got to know that it has to work fairly quickly because the Leafs do have options. Yeah, I mean, you worry about losing him or whatever, I suppose, but. The replacement would be Nick Robertson, and that's that's a pretty damn good option for you. So we'll see. But I mean, it's uh, you know, it, it's a good problem to have, I guess, because we know what Neander <laughs> to do together when things are going fine. Yep, they're they're a great pair. And now Malgin, you know, he's probably looking at this as a great opportunity. Why wouldn't he be? But, oh, we probably look at his chops, right? There's there's yeah. many incentives for Malgin to do well. Oh yeah, he, yeah. I think yeah. about what twenty to thirty games away from also etching himself into the uh, the NHLPA's um, – oh, what's the word? I'm not sure. He's not, yeah, how far away. He's not, he's not yeah, far away. Yeah. He's not far away from that, hitting yeah. that number as well. So that gives him benefits and things down the line, being a part of the uh, the PA, obviously, for that. And then, of course, he wants to do well because, geez, you play with William Nylander and John Tavares, you showed a league, hey, I can do this, yeah. and I can put up points. We all know what happens in that contract. Hello, Ilya Mikheyev, you know, yeah. putting up numbers, getting a good deal. So everybody wants – to get themselves to a better spot. Dennis Malgan is no different. I just think for me, best case scenario for this roster is Nick Robertson there, and I think we will see it eventually. Yeah, um, the burning question, though, here is, and Dylan, you probably have the same one I do, is when Timothy Lilligren comes back, <laughs> there has to be a move here. There has there to be, has to be you know what? Listen, I, I, know, I, know, I know what you're saying, but let's get through the first week or so. <laughs> let's see where it goes, because you know what? You hate to say it. Yeah, injuries have happen. And that could be a problem that solves itself. Yeah. It, well, now, we've, it we've said be, this one many times, yeah. It might not, but it very well could be. You have a guy on the blue line who's keeping his fingers crossed that his back doesn't act up again. So, you know, Jake Muzzin has got through that. Obviously, some different injuries last year. But, uh, you know, when you have discomfort into the point where you only get into one preseason game, that's going to be a factor for you now going forward. And he said it has been. We know that it has been. Yeah. Uh, the point with that is, you know, 
these things are bound to happen. And you know, look, look what happened a few weeks ago. You get Ben and Dahlstrom going down in the same preseason game, same period. If I'm not yeah. mistaken, you know, your foot and your uncle playing playing defense for the rest of that game against Montreal. So these things can happen. And I, I think those those issues that you know, I know you know how deep the end of now, but I think those things will solve themselves. And you know, the fact of the matter is, the Leafs have thought about all of this stuff, Dubis. And Brandon Pridham and the management staff have, have gone through every permutation of this long before any of us have. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're comfortable mm-hmm. with it. You know, probably not overly comfortable, but comfortable with the idea that these things are going to have to be faced down the line. And we'll see. But the fact of the matter is, I'm, the 18 people that are going to be on the ice, not including the goalies, Wednesday in Montreal, it's a good, solid roster. Yeah, so, no. No, 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 I won't disagree with you. And, and the cap is not <clears throat> that way. In a perfect world, do you have Robertson there instead of Melgan? Yeah, you do. But yep. listen, you still have Austin Matthews. You still have Turner. <laughs> you have Neil. Yeah, we're, we're dickering around the engines. Basically. You know what I mean? You've got you've got what you need. And we're going to get to the goaltending, which is the biggest thing all this hinges on. But up front, you're good. Yep. Great definitely good. I'm going I'm to ask you some more questions about up front before we go into the back end. Of course, and yeah. Into the goaltending. Um you look at this group here, we, we're touching on Malcolm, we're touching on Nick Robertson. Um, other guys have come in and done some cool things too. Cali Arncroak has looked good. Yep. Um, I think that's going to be a Swiss Army knife for the Leafs. I mean, not that he'll ever play defense, but hey, now there's another door open for him to slot somewhere if they need him to yep. uh, in an emergency basis. Kerfoot, same thing. Um, the players I really want to know about from you, the, the bottom line of camp. Nick Abe Kubel and Zach Aston Reese. Yep. Keith has been on the record saying he's been looking for a solid defensive line. Yep. That is a line that not only can hit, can block shots. Camp is good on the penalty kill and the faceoff. He's good on the defensive penalty kill himself. That's a line that could probably wear down another team's first or second line with a grinded out cycle shift in the other zone. What have you seen from Abe Kubel and Zach Aston Reese in camp that leads you to believe that we can get excited for something like that? Because Honestly, the Leafs need something like that. Well, it's exactly what you said. What, 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 you, what you said about it, James, is that you've got the defensive responsibilities that Aston Reese brings. And look, if, if we're living in a normal world where nothing's happened pandemic-wise last few years, the cap is normal, and Aston Reese signs during the summer. That's all there is to it. A player his caliber doesn't go all the way through this and, and have to worry about a PTO and, and making each penny work on that new contract. He's done. He's got that expertise. Uh, Obey Kubel, same sort of thing. Well, not same, but same sort of player, and that he has that responsibility as well. I like the fact that, you know, obviously he's got the cup experience. You know, didn't play every game for the Avs last year through the cup run, but certainly had a hand in it. Uh, has the Stanley Cup ring. Has, brings that experience to that line. And then you have David Camp, who, you know, just came in and was gangbusters last year. It's all there yeah. is. Good. I mean, no, we're not, not, not talking about offensively and that and all that. Actually, we don't need that though. He's more warning more goals than Abraham has, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, he just yeah. gave you that uh, solidity there, and the other two will do that for you now. I, I think as a fourth line, it's exactly what you want. You know, in a perfect world, do you have a bit of punch from that group? Sure, you do. Are they going to bring it? Don't know about that, but <clears throat> matter is there won't be much punch against them when it's not there either. And, that, and that's mostly, most of what you're asking for. Aston Reese defensively responsible, Obey Kubel as well. Um, I just like the way it shapes up. Adam Gaudet, we thought for a while, was going to get a look there. When we talk about injuries and things that could happen, he's going to be another person, I think, that will get a look there eventually. But as it stands right now, 
that's a that's a that's a that's a good solid fourth line. The bottom six, I think, is solid throughout. I mean, yeah, if you're if you're, if you're gonna put holes in that bottom six right now. You're nitpicking. Yeah, you really are. You really are. I, I think it's a solid group and um, interchangeable. Like you say, you talk about your own pro. Move up, move down. Keeps you know comfortable doing that. I mean, what's he? I guess what's his career high goal? Sixteen. So he hasn't been yeah. prolific. But the fact is, they like what he saw with the shot a few times. And they think that he's got that, you know, possibility to do that. So we'll see. But as it starts, it's it's a, it's a good solid group, and uh, you need that to come under the Matthews line, the Tavares line. You need that, not a base, but you you need that uh, backup or whatever you want to call it. Well, one thing I, I think that we've been lacking beyond the top six for the Maple Leafs and watching them is energy on the bottom six. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, Spetz was great, Simmons was great. But, you know, as the season wore on, even Jumbo Joe, you know, those players did slow down and the game did kind of move past them a little bit throughout the season. We yeah. talked about it a bunch of times. Now you have guys that are younger, that are willing to do the hits and do all those things in the bottom six, not just on one line, on both lines now. Yeah. And you have that ability to run those out there and do different things for the Maple Leafs, which we haven't seen. Yeah. And, go ahead. Yeah, the, the incentive comes from different areas too. If you're Zach yeah. Aston Reese, you want to be damn sure this is the last time you're 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 working on a contract off the PTO, right? Yeah. So that that is there for him. Now the team comes first. I loved what he said early on. You guys remember I, the first or second day of camp, somebody had asked him, "Well, what happens if you get through here and and you know another team offers you a contract?" Which can happen. So yep. there, I know how often it has, but fact of the matter is that was an option. He just said, "Look, I'm a loyal guy. This is where I am. This is where I want to be." Well, no, it worked out well in the end. But you'll have he'll have that carrot now going forward. But you're right, James. What you say is, you know, Obey Kubel's a young guy. Kempf is, you know, I guess middle that way. But you have that uh, that type of uh, approach. Uh, Pierre Engvall is another one, a guy that you know that so much potential. I think is there for if this guy ever realizes how big and fast he is, how strong he is, he's not going to be a bottom six player. <clears throat> Sorry, even like a, a third line player, I should say. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be a you know a top six for sure. Because it's all there. It's just, you know, and not that the light bulb needs to go off. Because I think we're starting to see, you know, small steps toward that. But he's able to put all that together. He's not going to be a bottom six player going forward. Now, contract and signing him the future, all that sort of thing. That's something to worry about down the road. But yeah, we'll put the it's for the guys. It's there. But um, you know, uh, I, and a putting curfew probably back in a better spot for him too. I think is going to be an advantage, right? So. There's a lot to like about that group as a whole. And then, you know, the, the top line is the top line. Where Where is the ceiling for them? They haven't hit it yet. Marner's, Marner's going to get 100 points in the NHL. Yeah. This close. <clears throat> yeah, 106 last year. If he's healthy, he'll hit 60 goals again. He should. So and then Bunting's only going to grow off of what he did last year. Oh, by the way, contract year for Michael Bunting. So, obviously, he's going to want to go. <laughs> Let's just put that little out there because everybody's going to complain about it. Oh, he's not signed. He's going to leave Toronto. Well, Guess what? Let them play the year out. Let them have fun. Let them rack up some points. Obviously, they have chemistry. They'll figure it out. They always well, seem yeah, to yeah. Don't worry about that now. I mean, no. I know we started to talk about it early when Hyman was in the same situation. I guess to a smaller degree, McKay of last year, but this is a bit of a different guy. He lo- he loves being here. Um, not that not that either of those two didn't. <laughs> that, that's something to worry about later. It's not nothing to worry about. I just know as yeah. soon as we Michael men, mentioned Michael Bunting this season, yeah. for whatever reason, good, bad, or ugly, it's always going to be oh well, the Leafs can't afford. You know what? 
I'm just going to enjoy the season. I'm one of those guys, yeah. you know, this for me for a long time. I like to enjoy the season that is in front of me yeah. and enjoy what's going to happen during that season. Yeah. So beyond that, well, it'll figure itself out, like you say. Um, the other one I want to ask here in the, the top six you touched on just a second ago is Kerfoot. Yeah. He's a guy that I thought, you know, was kind of maybe punching above his weight on the second line. Great player, can do great things, yeah. but I think he's more suited down the lineup, and that allows him to show off his skills a little more, yeah. especially interchanging with Cali Yarncroke. Yeah. Both can take draws. Both can play wings. You can mix it up wherever you want, really give teams different looks all the time, but I really think that's going to open him up for more offense. Well, you're right. I'd agree with that. And, you know, the issue with, with Kerfoot is now he will be the guy again that you – Say, okay, well, is this the guy that has to go to make all this work if everybody is healthy? Well, again, we'll see if it ever comes to that. But I like where he is now. Because now, is he better suited for this game, like you say? I would agree with that. But at the same time, he knows from experience last year that if he has to use him again where he was, then he can do that. But I'm, I'm curious to see what he can we can do now in a good run on that third line with two um, good players on either side of him. And Engvall and Yarn Croak. I think there's a lot of potential there. Listen, Kerfoot's a smart, honest player. You know what you're going to get every night with them. And like I said earlier, if you want to, you know, if you want a little more flashable, whatever, you've got that in your top two lines. Kerfoot might not be that guy, but that's not a knock against him either. No. Good, smart, knowledgeable player. You can use him in, in several situations. Know that he's going to be dependable for you. And he comes by the Swiss Army knife thing, honestly. So, yeah, I like it. I like I like the potential for that three. Because, again, you know, getting back to Yarncroke for a sec, just comparatively, you probably are asking a little bit too much to say, okay, go into the top six and produce all the time because he hasn't done that before in, yeah. in, in, or in the stops in the NHL. Good spot for all three of them. But I, I like I like Kerfoot starting there. And, uh, you know, if they can make it all work financially, like it's, it, it's, it's, it, it can be a good solid line for them throughout the season. Hey, and also, but sorry, one more thing about Kerfoot. Good thing we <laughs> Trade him during the summer when we all thought that that yep. or Justin Hall was all was going to make all this work. <laughs> Don't underestimate Brandon Pridham, I guess. No, four dollars worth of Brandon Pridham. <laughs> no, this line definitely gives you the opportunity to score goals when the top six, six is struggling, and that, yeah. and I think that's what the biggest benefit about this bottom six is that they're younger. They're going to give that energy towards the top six but if that top six isn't isn't going they're they're the engine that's just going to give her all the time which is a very valuable thing to have in this uh in this roster um now my question was i I think it was simmons that made this comment somebody had asked him um you know what kind of what kind of vibes was he getting from this locker room and my question is just you know considering all the I guess minor moves. Yeah. Um, and considering it looks like we're pretty deep now, um, what kind of vibes are you getting from this this locker room? Confident but not cocky. Listen, th- none of us need to remind the Leafs what what has happened here. Okay. Yep. In the playoffs, and yes, you lose against Tampa, the, the defending Stanley Cup champions. Still, they still lost in Game Seven. So none of that needs to be reminded. But having said that, you also don't just look at 115 points in the regular season last year and go, "Well, that 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 was a fluke or they got luck." No, no, that they, that was well earned. Yeah. So there is that confidence that that is driving this team. And 
In fact, you know, you wonder at what point will it finally learn from the scars that it has accumulated in the postseason? Perhaps it's next April. We'll have to see. But that's that's the impression I'm getting, Dylan, or is that it is? Well, because they, they've kind of said it. Like Morgan Riley's saying a few times, we're a confident group, but we're not cocky. You can't be cocky if you haven't won everything. You're Tampa Bay Lightning, or now the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. Because you've earned that. The Leafs haven't earned that, and they know that. But it's also okay to say we're confident because a lot of really good things happened during the regular season. They had a rough spot in October. They turned it all, like, you know, almost yeah. 12 months ago, we thought Keith was done. <clears throat> yeah. So many things we thought were going to go on there. Well, none of that happened, and look what they were able to do. So I think that I think the group has belief in itself, too, and it's not misplaced belief. I mean, they, they look at it. If you're, if you're a, if you're a, uh, you know, a defenseman who's been around like a Giordano and like so excited to be at home and playing from the start of a season with this group, and you look at it and Matthews and Marner and and know what the potential is and, and what how, how they haven't hit that ceiling yet. I would say how many teams are in until thirty two? Probably thirty other at least would would ask for that group. Maybe if you're Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle, perhaps not. But it, it, it's it's a good hockey team. Period. Sheldon Keefe said it the other day. Look, we know that we can be good. We have to go out and prove it, but we know that we can be, and we know that we are. And we'll see where it goes. But I, I think they'll challenge for, if not win, the division. I mean, a lot of it hinges on the area that we haven't got to yet, guys. So I know we're going to. <laughs> we're, we're, we're making our way down that road. Okay, I know. We're also going to talk about where they're going to finish, too. Because yeah, And that's having said that, with with, with a group that did what they did, did last year without <clears throat> great goaltending from start to finish. Yep. At least same percentage. We know what it was during the regular season, yet they still had 115 points. Not so, percentage. Yeah, we'll we'll wait until the playoffs start to really judge the goalies. But um, the the twelve in front of them right now, um, sorry, the eighteen in front of them, uh, it's 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 a good group. And Dylan, to get back to your original thing, it's confident. So it's 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 a good feeling to have going in. Every team talks about optimism in the regular or in training camp. Yeah, Leafs, it's legit. Period. One thing I want to ask you about the four group before we move on to the D, um, who impressed you the most and who blew your doors off a guy that's going to be on this roster that you're like, okay, this guy took it seriously in the off season and is now next stepping for me. It looks like William Nylander. Yeah. Uh, it looks like he's going to be a 40 plus goal guy this year. Just in my opinion, it looks like he's going to take that big step into his next echelon of what he can be. And he looks dominant, but for you, who is that guy? Well, I hate to say it, but I, I'm not just easily agreeing, but I think you're right. And we saw, too, that, you know, putting him in the middle, if it comes to that, and it could very well come to that. Yeah. There's a comfort level that Keith has. I think he had it before camp, but yep. it, it was re, it was uh, reinforced in the past few weeks uh, when Willie was in the middle. But, yeah, I, I would say that probably Nylander. I mean, it was kind of a funny thing with the top line. I mean, they didn't really play together a lot in the preseason. You know, not that they really needed to, but, excuse me, the way the games were spaced out and, Having those two early on in the same day where you're not using the same group, that kind of impacted it. But um, Nylander is probably that guy. And, you know, there there is incentive for him there because, you know, like, I, like we touched on, with him and Tavares, they were ditched last year. And you want to – you're the second line. You're going to do this seriously. You want to kind of get those out of your game. Nylander, yeah. He was so good in the preseason. There's you think thoughts there, the hustles there. The goalie scored the other day against Detroit. It's – uh is what we've come to see with him that just the quick release picking the picking the corner like he did against the wings. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you. But you know what, James, to be honest, and Dylan, the 
this when they were they were talking about competitive camp all the way through, it wasn't just okay, the guys who are fighting for that fourth line job, or now that Sandine's back, it wasn't fighting Victor Mete for that sixth spot. It was throughout, and I think we saw it top to bottom. Saw it in net for sure. Both of those guys were great. But the competitive nature was there for everybody, and um, not the least of all, really Nylander. So, again, it's only a springboard right now. You want to get it going properly in Montreal and the next meeting against Washington. But from the indications are that, like you say, he's ready to turn this up another notch. And why not? He's still young. He's still, you know, that 40-goal potential is there for sure. He stays healthy. He should be <clears throat> Do you uh do you think the visor has a lot to do with that or? Well, listen, I don't know. I mean, he kind of caught us off guard when he said that because that hadn't really been a discussion point. And yeah, you know, talking about getting the migraines and stuff. Well, yeah, for the most part, last year he looked pretty darn good, didn't he? You know, yeah, so he did. Know. He did. We'll, we'll see what kind of a difference that does make. But you know, when you're a, a player and you talk to them about the routines that they have and their equipment and everything, it's all set in stone and you know from 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 point a to point b the end of the regular season so if he has that advantage now and he's saying to us a week or so ago that it, it has been that for him the tint advisor we'll see i mean if that could help push him toward that goal total you know it very well could but you know if he was having these headache problems last year and was still able to do what he's doing you know he gets that part out of his out of his system yeah then you know you should see the results yeah, it could be more of an elevated game for him. I know myself, I suffer from migraines. So when you get one, it is pretty debilitating. So I couldn't imagine playing a hockey game oh, yeah. with any type of one. So, yeah, no, getting that out of his game would be amazing and obviously good for him health-wise too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, but, again, we'll see. He's, uh, you know, Willie, you know, the challenge has always been for Sheldon Keith to, to make sure that Willie's there present at all, all times. But, you know, I mean, it's just the way the player is. Not everyone has that about them, but uh, we've seen that when he is, he's, what his capabilities are. And, and he seems like somebody who's already started that uh, he wants to get a mission this year. Oh, yeah. So let's move into the defense. Obviously, we know Morgan Riley, TJ Brody. Um, you know, these guys are stalwarts. They're going to be here. The two guys that are question marks to me yeah. for this season, if you get the real versions of these guys, they are going to be key parts for the Maple Leafs. We've seen what they did when they were both healthy and when they were both productive for the Leafs, and that's Jake Muzzin and Justin Hall. Yeah. Um, everybody says Justin Hall is on a short leash to be sent out the door. I don't think so. I really think that a right-shot defenseman at $2 million is still going to be hard to find, yep. one that can play top four-ish minutes yep. for Jake Muzzin. Um, obviously, we know Muzzin's health issue here. Do you see, and we'll ask this one and then we'll ask about the pair as a whole, do you see the Leafs kind of load managing Jake Muzzin if they can find a way to get the cap to work, to have an extra body handy? Obviously, with that back, maybe you give them some extra time off here and there. Maybe you don't send them on a road trip way out west. Right. You know, different things like that. Is that a possibility to keep him more healthy and keep him going? Or is game action the way to keep that uh, from flaring up? Well, it, it, you know, it's an interesting question because if you argue on the side of load management, then someone can go back to you and say, well, look how he did in the playoffs last year. You're not load managing anybody, and he played his best hockey of the season, right? Yeah. So, you know, we'll have to see how that plays out. In a perfect world, James, if you could do that with him, if it was required, then, yeah, you'd do it. But perhaps it won't be. Um, you know, 
I thought it was interesting the other day, and you know, you know what you guys thought about this when when he acknowledged us on Saturday morning that you know I got in my own head last year, and to hear that coming from someone like Muzzin who has the the Stanley Cup pedigree that he has, the yes. ruggedness that he has, the veteran uh, presence, leadership that he has, that was that was quite an acknowledgement in our mind. We were all talking about it later in the media room at the Scotiabank Arena. I thought, wow, that's pretty candid for for Muzzin to say that but you know keep seeing later acknowledging that you know that was discussed behind closed doors with him too so uh you know once he said put it plainly once I started to have fun again you know my game came around and we saw what he was capable of in the playoffs and now I think the back management has always been there I mean yep. I talked to him back I looked it up it was 2006 right after he had a, I think it was 17 or 16 He'd had the back surgery, missed a year at the Sioux Greyhounds, and there was some question there about his hockey career as a whole. But he was able to put that behind him, and we all know what he's done since. But the uh, fact is, it's always been there for him. Now, the AG is, you're not getting any younger. So how much do you have to, you know, take that into consideration going forward? If you're the Leafs, you probably do. But we know in the playoffs, you know, with Jake Muzzin, when he's at the top of his game, he's at the top of his game. And mm-hmm. that's still there. He only had one game in preseason, so like we talked about Tavares earlier, it might take him a bit to get going here uh, in that regard. But, but yeah, you know what? Four and six nights. How do those affect his minutes now to start? Back-to-back, then you're bang, right? Playing your day off Friday, you're back home against Ottawa on Saturday. So a lot of hockey off the hop. But, um, you know, the indications from us and our guys that things turned around with the back, uh, that time off was good for him. But James, that was all load management to a degree, right? So we now yeah. see what that can do for him. If the numbers are there and it works out financially right. because of injuries or whatever, then yeah, you probably go that way. But I think the key for Sheldon Keith is not only Muzzin, but get that pair back to where they can be. They, they, that's exactly it. And a lot of people are ragging on the fact that they're going to be back together. But when they were at their peak, they were a pretty damn good shutdown pair. Yeah. You know, and Justin's Hall with that big long stick, the reach and all that stuff, breaking up plays. There was reason to be excited about that pair because once anything goes sideways a little bit, everybody gives up on it. Everybody wants it to change. Everybody doesn't want to yeah. allow it to have time to come back to where it was. Right. And I think if you allow this pair, Muzzin for one, to get healthy and rolling, and Hall to regain his confidence beside Muzzin, who is healthy and rolling, I think that pair could be successful again. It can be, but I mean, and if you're Justin Hall, that's of course what you want. Yep. You also know that there's a guy who's going to eventually recover from hernia surgery who suits the same way you do. Yep. And, you know, whether that's a threat to what Sandine is trying to get done, we'll have to see. Timothy Lilligren proved to everyone last year he's an everyday NHLer, period. Yep. So, I disagree. Good problem to have. Good problem to have if you're the yep. Leafs looking at the defense as a whole. So, that again is. If I'm Justin Hall, I say, okay, I want to get this right from, from the get-go here. And, yeah. you know, it'll take two to tango because he needs Muzzin to be at the top of his game as well. But um, like you say, they've done it. The fact that they swooned a bit and, and got away from it doesn't mean they can't rediscover it. I think they <clears throat> for that. But again, there's a bit of a clock on it because Lilligren won't be hurt forever. And then yeah. decisions will have to be made, and he's a guy that, you know, they loved what he did last year. They looked at the, like the steps he took. Giordano spoke of it a lot during the latter stage of the season. The improvements yes. he made while Giordano was there. That wasn't a big wasn't a big uh, sample size. So Lilligren's going to be champion at the bit. But uh, for now, you got Muzzin and Hall, and you know they were good on Saturday night. Again, I know it's Detroit, and 
half those guys you couldn't pick out of a lineup that played for the Wings Saturday. <laughs> the fact of the matter is you still needed your players to be good against them, and they were. So use that as a tiny little springboard for Wednesday, Thursday. It'll go from there. But you, you have to, again, you have to like the pair based on the history of the good things that they've done. So, so. Yeah. Um, my question kind of, I guess it kind of stems from, you know, them all being healthy in that sense. And who do you think would be the, the odd man out in, in that situation if all seven of them are healthy when Lilligren comes back? Do you think that it's it's Hall or do you think they put Sandine down so that they have two right-handed shot guys um, on the deep air? Well, it's one or the other. That's all there is to it. You're not Riley and Brody aren't, of course. Muzzin's not. Giordano isn't going to be that guy. Yeah. So it is one or the other. And right now, you know, I don't know if you say it's a toss-up or not. If Muzzin and Hall get off to a good start, um, you know, you don't want to mess with that. No. But then again, what if Giordano and Sandine do nothing wrong either? Yeah. Maybe you just have a little grin, bite his time with this thing. And when you know when he's coming back, he's 100%. Yeah. And, well, I mean, you would be anyway, but, you know, you really have a guarantee of that. So the longer he's out, you know, whatever. But I don't know. It's it's a hard question to answer right now because we're, we're starting here. But in a week or so, that might sort itself out. Maybe these True. these things won't get off to the kind of start that we're anticipating. Not everything is going to go perfectly well for the first. No. Week. Something will pop up that we don't see, guys. It's Absolutely. just the nature of the sport, right? Yep. So we'll have to see. But um it's going to be one of those two, Sandine or Hall, but, uh, you know, they want to give Sandine a good runway here too, right? Absolutely, yeah. Because so, he, he was playing well when Lilligren was. He was. And guys, don't forget, Kyle Dumas himself said, they are both massive parts of our future. Yep. So we'll have to see how it goes. But, you know, the fact that Lilligren's out right now, they do have the depth in front of him that they're not going to, quote, unquote, miss him. Yep. But he's going to be ready to go at some point, and that'll that'll be when it gets interesting. Very intriguing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to a full season of Mark Giordano as well. I think a lot of people are discounting him just because of his age. Um, there's a segment, obviously, of Leafs Nation who thinks this is a bad signing, and he's going to be a guy that kind of wanes, much like Joe Thornton and Wayne Simmons and Jason Spezza. I really think Gio's got a lot left in the tank. Yeah, uh, he looks excited. He looks in good shape. Um, he's buzzing around the guys. The guys are buzzing around him. What can you say from your takeaways from seeing Mark Giordano, speaking with Giordano? What is his energy like coming into this season? Because for me, I think a lot, and the people probably disagree with this, I think a lot is going to hinge on what he can bring to this squad when injuries happen because he will play up the lineup. He probably will slide in beside Brody or he will slide in beside Riley or Muzzin, wherever he needs to go because I see him. I know the young guys are there. But I do see him being kind of a Swiss Army knife for the Maple Leafs as well on the back end, having the experience and the know-how to play those veteran large minutes. Well, one thing you can't discount is the history with Brody. Yeah. So <clears> you <throat> can't. I know that he, I know that Giordano is what thirty-nine now, but you, yeah, he, he, yeah his best days are behind him. We get that, but I don't think you can discount that history that he has with a guy like Brody if it ever comes to that. And it might, you know, I, I think that. You know, Sheldon Keefe wants his pairs to be his pairs, but he's also not afraid to move guys around if, if they say fit that way and try different things. But I don't have any issues with Mark Giordano at all. I really don't. Uh, you know, like I say, he's, he's the tail end of his career. He sure is. But that doesn't mean he, he can't be impactful. And, uh, you know, 
guys like Joe Thornton, we saw, you know, it's, it's a hard thing to compare because it's a different position. And everything. <laughs> yeah. He came in and just didn't have it anymore at all. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think you're speaking of it with a different, uh, a different kind of outlook there with Mark Giordano. I, I just, listen, I, I know people come home and play in their hometown and that enthusiasm is there, but talking to him about that and, and he's got his kids in school and, and they didn't have to leave again and go across the continent to get going again. I just think that's really going to be a benefit for him. And, and Hey, yeah. if it plays well with San mean, you're not, you're sticking in with a young energetic guy who like we've already discussed his best days are ahead of him. So if yeah. that, that might be a little point of rejuvenation for Giordano. I'm not saying that he needs it, but that could put an extra, you know, a little, a little bit of more juice for him. And if that, if that happens, great. But, if you're talking about Mark Giordano as a detriment right now, then I'd ask you to pay a little closer attention. It's not nice. No, I, exactly. I definitely see his situation kind of similar to like Sedano Charis, where he's he's taking those bottom pairing minutes that way. You yeah. know, yeah, you're not asking, you're not overtaxing the player. No. You're not saying go do more than you should be doing at this point in your career. That's not going to happen with him, and he's effective. So yeah, he'll get. Listen, there'll be times where I think he's called upon a little bit more here and there. But it's sure. not going to be an everyday thing. Same thing happened with Chara. There was games where he had to play a little bit more and was asked to do more, and it came in and did his work. Yeah. Um, the big thing that hinges for the Maple Leafs, and we'll get to it now, yeah. is obviously the goaltending. You have Matt Murray, who has looked good in the preseason, by the way. Yeah, great. I wonder I wonder who said that in the summer. I put my hand up. I know it's preseason, but everybody thought he was going to get shelled and not even make it out of camp because he'd be injured because he's broken all the time. But – I always say the Leafs got one of the best medical staff, and there's a lot of players that come through here that rave about it. The Spetses, the Ennises, all said they came to Toronto and they were able to get fixed and rejuvenated. So Matt Murray has that now on his side as well. And then you have Ilya Samsonov coming in, a guy that's got a chip on his shoulder, a very large chip, because Washington basically gave up on him. And this guy wants to show that he can be an option in the NHL, whether it be a starter or a solid 1B option for a backup. You know, and both these goaltenders have done well in the preseason. What you've seen so far, if they are able to capture this kind of magic throughout the season, do you see them taking a step from the 900 save percentage that was left behind from Jack Campbell, Eric Schalgren, and Petr Mrazek? Yeah, I do. And you know what? We can say that the preseason is meaningless, whatever. It's I don't not, think it is. It's not mean. If it was meaningless, then 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 – then we'd be throwing the things that Murray and Sam Sonoff did out the door. If they had faltered during the preseason, that would have been a big story. Well, now they've been successful through the preseason. It's okay to, to bump their tires now as well. Because yeah. that's they provided, again, a bit of a foundation now that you can now build from. Murray, especially, like you said, James, I mean, what was the save percent of 969 in three games? Barely let a goal in. You know, yeah, looking, was, looking good too. Like I, not just yeah, basic like, saves. Looking good doing it. He's not out yeah. there guessing. Uh, Sam Sonoff was saying, you know, Murray doesn't divulge much, but you know, Sam Sonoff said, yeah, one of the things I'm working on with Sanford is moving post post quicker, being a little more controlled technically that way. I think we saw that from him. Yeah. But, uh, the, the bigger thing was Murray. How is he gonna? How is he gonna play? Because both Sheldon Keith and Kyle Dubas, the history with the player and Sue, they have. Um, they had the optimism that he could turn this around. And you don't know for sure that that's going to happen until you start to see it a bit. Look, you can walk into the facility anytime during the summer and see what he's doing, putting in the hours and time. But until he gets in the crease and starts facing shots in games, you don't know. 
It's now step one they've completed, and they both come through it. Step two starts Wednesday. For Sam Sonoff, it starts Thursday. But you, you do need that from them. Now, you look at it look last year and say, okay, well, the Leafs did get through the season. They set a record for points and wins with, with goaltending that was, you know, up and down throughout, although really good in the first few months for Jack Campbell, as we saw. That's true. Um, <clears throat> so there's no guarantee that if the Leafs get that, you know, superb goaltending through the regular season, what happens in the playoffs? But it's a much better starting off point than what they had, no matter what they did last year points-wise, which is great. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, the, the preseason's not meaningless. These guys get – not only that, and listen, we all know, you know, it's a much different thing, but if, you, if you're playing hockey and your goalie's not doing well, your shoulders are going to sag. That's all there is to it if you're a teammate. Now you've got to, you got to get to know them a bit through the preseason. They both played well. That instills confidence in your teammates going forward. So that, that part of the relationship is off on a good foot. Again, we'll see how it goes Wednesday in Montreal for Matt Murray. But, um, you know, health is going to be key, of course. Eric Schallgren, I think at times last year, proved that he could be a stopgap guy if you need him to be that. I thought the times when he was in net and camp, he looked all right as well. But uh, um, a lot of it will hinge on Matt Murray and Elias Samsonov. Maybe it's Samsonov at the end who's the guy leading them into the middle of next April. We don't know. We yeah. do know that door is a possibility because, as Keith and, and Dumas have said, like they did last year, we all know that with Campbell and Mrazek, we want to tandem here. You don't want to ride one guy 65 games. Not that that's really a good idea to do anywhere unless you're Vasilevsky or Sisterkin. But you want to have that tandem of guys you can put in at any given time, know they're going to do well. Mm-hmm. You know, So we'll see where it goes, but the early indications are are good. And that's all you can ask for right now on the eve of the regular season. They, yeah. they got the first goal. They passed it. Now let's get on to the next one. Yeah. I will tell you this. I feel a lot more confident in Matt Murray and – Ilya Samsonov than I did with uh, Peter, Peter Morazic last year yeah. when he was, you know, in preseason or even getting into games and, you know, getting shelled early on. Right. I mean, everybody's right. well, getting used to the system or he's getting yeah. used to the, you know, everything. Well, both these guys are getting used to the same thing and they've looked good. Yeah. And I don't just mean like they've made routine saves. I mean, the one glove save by Murray where everyone was posting the Jack Campbell save <laughs> made that same night saying, yeah. Oh, well, Matt Murray can't do this. Well, no, exhibit a, yes, he can. Yeah. And yeah. he's definitely got the, the movement down. And I really think there is a comfort. you know, you talk about Giordano and comfort, look at Matt Murray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got coaches and staff and just everything that he's been around a lot of his life that goes, I don't care what, who you are, that goes a long way to making you feel better as a person. Yeah. And if yeah. you can confide in people that you have dealt with, throughout your life that allows you to have an extra level of comfort because you can get things off your chest and know that it's not going anywhere and it's not going to be thrown back in your face. Well, so if you have a lot of personal things that Murray has that yeah, maybe he can deal with there. He's worked with John Elkin since the age of 10. So Elkin's been a mentor for him to, I suppose, varying degrees, depending where Murray's been in his career, whether he's needed that or not. I know they haven't worked together per se for the same organization. Well, now they are. But he's known yep. since the age of 10. So if you have that in your back pocket now, and it was interesting, Murray kind of said that a few weeks ago. I, one, I myself asked him, you know, how the relationship with Elk and everything. He said, well, you know, it's more now about my relationship with Curtis Sanford, how that's burgeoning and this sort of thing. Fact is, Elkin's there. And like you say, James, someone who knows the player probably better than anybody in the NHL, I would say Keith and Dubas had Murray for a time in the Sioux. 
they didn't know Matt Murray as far as I know when he was a kid, little kid going to a goaltending school that John Elkin has seen for all these years. Yeah. So that I think will be a bonus if if Murray needs it. But you know, yeah. to have that to have that in your corner, I think is great. And uh, like you said earlier, the team that the Leafs have anyway is deep and extensive. At some point, that has to bring you fruits. It hasn't yet in the postseason, but that would be part and parcel of when they do have success. Is the support staff that the Leafs have here? And I, I just like too that you know the, you know they move on from Steve Briere. Um, I like Steve Briere. I, I thought he did a good job for the most part. The goalies faltered last year. He can't stop Peter Mrazek from being hurt. That wasn't mm-hmm. anything that the goaltending coach could stop. And obviously there were issues with Jack Campbell and his inability to refine his game. But uh, Sanford is uh, you know it's a fresh slate for him, fresh slate for Matt Murray, Ilya Samsonov. The other thing too that I think is important to to, uh, to stress is that. Sam Sonoff and um, Murray seem to be uh, getting off on the right foot together as well, which is key going forward, right? You, you need that. You need that good relationship from the goalies. I push you. You push me. I want the job badly. I know you do. If you say to any goalie worth the salt, how much do you want to play? Well, I want to play three to four, no doubt about it, yeah. right? But they also realize that the other guy has that potential as well. So they're pushing each other but they're doing it in a good way. And you would hope that, you know, the Leafs are, are hoping, of course, that is part of what helps the payoff in the end, that they have that relationship. But again, two guys that didn't know each other, they know of each other, having played against each other and seen each other in the NHL. But, uh, you know, they've come together. And, um, you know, Sam Sonoff's an interesting guy. He's uh, with us, you know, real friendly sort, laughs easily, seems to have that good, that good, uh, you know, a good personality about him. I think Murray's a little more guarded. Thinks probably a little bit more on the line for Matt Murray right now, but that doesn't matter. I mean, the fact that they're getting along and they're going towards something and they understand that is really key. And that's at this point on October coming out of Thanksgiving, that's all yep. for right now, right? So, no, it is. And I mean, the Leafs have done a good job too of allowing these guys to have confidence in the position yep. because, you know, telling them that's. One mistake is not going to cost you, you know, being gone from this team. Right. You know, you're going to have an opportunity to run with the ball, whether it's Samsonov or Murray. Yeah. So both these guys have that opportunity where it's not full stress all on you. They also know what the Leafs went through last year with, say, percentage-wise and different goaltenders and all of that stuff. So if they can elevate that in any way, shape, or form, the Leafs are going to be better off. Obviously, the upfront is still going to play itself out. Yeah. Um, Terry, would you say this team here, looking at it, just what they added, yeah. who they have in the wings and waiting – would you say this is one of the more deeper Leafs teams that we've got to see the past few years in the Austin Matthews era? Well, for sure it is. I don't think there's any doubt. Let me ask you this. How good do you think Toronto Marner's going to be this year? <laughs> okay, so so yeah. if you're a guy like Joey Anderson or Adam Gaudet. Alex Steves. Alex Steves. You didn't do anything wrong in the past couple of weeks. You didn't have a bad camp. We talked earlier about the competitive nature of this. So, you know, you look at the 18-person roster now. I'm not diluting the goalies with the, the position players. Yes, there's depth. There is. There's good depth. Probably the best they've had in a long time. Yep. And the next layers are, are pretty darn good. Yeah. And now, what are you going to have? You're going to have competition for ice time with the Toronto Marlies, yeah. which only bodes well for the parent team. Because when you get called up, what do you want? You don't want to lose that spot at all. No, you no. want to keep it as you always do. But yeah, 
the the players who are who got cut in the past few days, they see this lineup. They look at it like we do. They know better than we do what it is. Of course, you want to be a part of that. So you're gonna go play your, you know what, off for the Toronto Marlies. Try to get back as soon as you can. Like a horse yeah, finale, yeah. of course. But there there is a lot of depth there. So we're talking about the depth of the Leafs. It's not just what we're seeing here on paper tonight. It's what the Marlies are gonna put on the ice, and, they, and their season gets going as well. There's a lot of it. No, there's a lot to see and a lot to like about both organizations. The last one I want to leave you with here, and that is where the Leafs will finish this season. Um, I have them finishing in, again, the top two in the Atlantic, but a lot of people seem to think that the Leafs aren't even going to make the playoffs. I don't even think that's a a, a thing that can be possible unless the wheels fall off and Austin Matthews... Yeah, The only way they don't make the playoffs is if well, Murray and Samsonov fall apart immediately and they never get it back and the Leafs never solve that issue. The team with Matthews and all these guys. And I don't think that's going to happen. Like that's 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 a, a one scenario that you could, you know, dream up, I suppose. But I, I, just, I just don't see that happening. These guys falling off the cliff that way. The, the talent is too good up front. If you're going to make that argument, then I'd like to know where it's coming from. It was like we already said, they managed to set records last year when the goaltending wasn't super high, right? Subpar. Yeah. yeah. So, what what if now Murray and Samsonov really turn heads and are better than anyone's expecting, including Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keith and his coaching staff? You know, then then what's the potential for this team? Uh, this whole thing about not making the playoffs, I I, I see, kind of seen it a bit too, James and. I don't understand it. I don't and it's, it. it's it's not even just like you know average Joe is saying it. It's people that do this for yeah, no, you know no. a living. And I know the Maple Leaf name comes with a lot of clicks to it, especially when you attach a story of interest. Yeah. You know, but even that is that's very far fetched. Like you just said, 115 point team, a yeah. 900 save percentage as a team last year. Two guys who've looked good in the preseason, um, who may be able to just even if they bring it up to a 907. Or a 909 save percentage. That's still nine points better than last year, and you still set 115 points. Yeah. Maybe yeah. this team learns a little bit too, and doesn't gun it the whole season, yeah, and they learn from the Tampa Bay Lightning please and turn don't. it on when it matters. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah. to say they're going to miss the playoffs, to me, yeah, I'm just I, like, I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't under, yeah, I don't under, understand that. I mean, you know, unless Matthews breaks his leg this week and Marner next week, oh, and Jesus Christ. You know, it's not. Listen, it's not going to happen. Those are worst case scenarios yeah. that you know the, yeah. the fiction writers wouldn't come up with. But no, I, I yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't, it's just. It's, I don't know. I wanted to say it because I just I, to me it was like, wow. All right, so you have nothing else to say. This is what you're going to go with. It's it's yeah. insane. Yeah. I really think this team. I think what they put it together is going to be one of the more fun Maple Leaf teams to watch. Not just in the aspect of putting goals in the net but actually coming as a full team gelling all the way down yeah. because now you have a bottom six that can do some things and you have, and everybody's like, Oh, you don't have guys to drop the mitts. Well, Zach Aston Reese has two fights last year. I'm sure he'll drop the mitts if he has to. Nick Abe Kubel do the same thing. I've seen Jake Muzzin do it. You know, I'm a proponent saying Matthew should do it at least once a la Crosby and McKinnon. Both those guys have done it and just kind of send a message that I'm not going to be messed with. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. I'm a big guy too. I'll hit you in the face and, we'll go and move on. Well, you know, last, Matthews boiled over once and got suspended for it. So, you know, the outdoor game there, I believe it was. But uh, 
Yeah, so I, what that, I, you know, that's the aggression you want to see. It's not the cross-checking, but you want to right. see the emotion out of him that he's not going to take anybody's crap. Yeah, and you know what? I, 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 even getting away from that, I, like we're talking about the depth theory, uh, the, the grit that Rass and Reese and Obeku have all bring, you don't need people to drop. This is the league. They don't fight anymore in the league. You're, if you're a guy that fights regularly in the NHL, you're an anomaly. It's all there is to it. Yeah. Right? There aren't many. There aren't many mm-hmm. that do it and do it. For, oh, there, there really aren't. So that, that part of the game is gone. If you ever get into a point where you think Aston Reese needs to fight, well, probably there's something else in the game that should have been dealt with earlier or another problem that you have to gloss over instead or fix or whatever. But I, I just don't see that. I mean, you know, all due respect to Wayne Simmons and his ability to do that, I'm not taking away from him. But that element to the game, I don't think is going to be something that is a detriment to the Leafs if they don't have it. No, I look forward to this uh, iteration of the Toronto Maple Leafs and things getting going. As we always do throughout the season, I look forward to having you back on and just picking your brain about what's happening and what's being said. But I appreciate you dropping by every single time, Terry. Uh, always good to talk to you guys. And Dylan, I'll get you an Owen Sound Attack hat next time we do this, all right? Okay. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning in this evening. This has been Offside Hockey Talk, where the Maple Leafs and hockey come to talk. Thank you.